episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds rate comment all greatly appreciate it so yeah we are going to just be discussing the new netflix show archive 81 before we hop into that if you listen to search party i mentioned that I would potentially also do um, a video for this episode. (laughs) That did not happen. Clearly, I forgot how much harder it is to block time to record video versus recording audio. And so here we are. There will not be a video for this, but um, I'm still going to include the YouTube link in like the show notes or whatever we're calling that, the more info section of the podcast. Um, So you guys can be sure to click on that link and subscribe for upcoming video content. I will make the warning that I made in search party that uh, the videos are going to be delayed. So if you want to be the first to hear the episode, then it will for sure be via whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the video will come a couple of days later. I'm also going to be um, very, what's the word? I want to say like picky, but um, very... I can't think of the word. (laughs) Very particular. um, I'm sure that's a better word for this, but better are um, very specific about the content that goes on YouTube just because, again, I mentioned this in the Search Party episode, like I used to make make YouTube videos like in like the the 2000s, early 2000s and making YouTube videos then versus making YouTube videos now, there's a lot has changed even more so along like the YouTube guidelines and I watch a lot of YouTube anyway, just in general, um, for like other genres, not necessarily like TV stuff. And there's just a lot more that it looks like needs to go in like the post editing portion of it. Like if I curse, do, can I leave it in or do I need to take it out? Is a topic too risky that YouTube's going to be like, take the video down. So it's just all these other things that have to be taken into consideration. So I am going to be very picky about the episodes that I do or like the TV shows, the movies that I watch that I do um, actually create videos for. So that's that little spiel. <laughs> Let's get into Archive 81, which I really honestly don't think is going to be too long of an episode because I have like some things that I want to hit on. So we're just going to get right into it. So Archive 81 was a new Netflix show that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um, cause I'm a little, I'm a week delayed because Search Party and Archive 81, I believe, dropped at the same time. And so and you guys know, I'm, I like to drop the episodes once a week, once a week. Yeah. <laughs> and not do like multiple episodes in a week, unless, you know, it's absolutely necessary because we've done it before. But, um... Yeah, so I I believe this is based off of a podcast that was turned into, like, they bought the rights and, like, turned it into a TV show. I'm pretty sure I read that um, initially, but I could be making that up, but I don't think that I am. I have not heard this podcast. I mean, the name sounds familiar to me, and to be completely transparent, I don't really listen to podcasts like that anymore like I used to I used to listen to a lot of like content whether it was podcasts YouTube's like I just used to consume a lot of it and I just don't listen to um podcasts like that anymore a lot mostly because 
I am at home and I'm not in commute. And I, I'm one of those people who enjoys um, podcasts like in transit, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I just haven't really um, listened, been listening to a lot of podcasts. And but the name sounds familiar to me. And there was a moment also this might be controversial, but like the storytelling type podcasts are not really like the ones that I lean to or I'm like, oh, I need to go um, check out that podcast just because if I am listening to podcasts and we're like true, con- true crime and things like that um, and not necessarily like in the fiction world, but the name looks familiar to me and I may have seen it and just not listened to it, but like that's literally all the historical knowledge that I have around this show. <laughs> I also should have given my warnings that like it's just me. We're gonna go all over the place. I'm not gonna go in a linear line. Um, I'm gonna spoil things related to this, which I don't know anything that's related to this that I could spoil, but just putting it out there. This is a podcast about TV shows, and we do spoil what happens in the show. We don't recap the show, but we do spoil what happens in the show. So there is that. But anyway, so Archive 81, eight episodes. Um, and it stars, oh my gosh, I didn't even look at everyone's names. And I'm like, <laughs> if you are like an OG listener, then you know I am bad at pronouncing people's names, which is probably why I don't like really get too upset if someone pronounces my name incorrectly when I like meet them because I jack up people's names especially like when I hear someone's name I can repeat it back pretty easily but when I actually see it for some reason it is a struggle so I know I am about to mess up someone's name and it is not intentional and I literally did not look this up before I started this I don't know why I didn't do this but so um Mahmoud Mamadou Effie plays Dan Turner. Dina Shahavi plays Melody. Evan Jonikite plays Samuel. Um, we have Matt McGorry, which if you're a real OG listener, when I used to talk about how to get away with murder, he plays um, Mark Higgins. Uh, we have Martin Donovan, who plays Virgil Davenport. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Cause those are, like, I think the ones we see, like, the most throughout um, this entire thing. Because this is one of those shows that's very, I guess we can just get right into it. Um, but I will say, so the guy who plays Dan, I've seen him in other things before, but I've feel like more recently a lot of the things that I've seen not necessarily that I've watched him in but like I've seen him as like a star in from the trailers are kind of like along this line of kind of horror maybe it's just because the the most recent thing before this that I saw him in or at least saw him in a trailer of was for like that black box movie on um prime but the thing that I remember um seen him in initially which doesn't make sense now that I'm looking at his IMDb is the uncorked movie that was on Netflix but apparently he was in the circle but I don't remember him in the circle and it could have been that it was just a smaller role but anyway 
just wanted to flag that. Of course, I already said that I've seen Matt McGorry. Um, Evan, who plays Samuel, I have seen him in, um, oh my gosh, The Stars Show. I never talked about it on here. Sweet Bitter. That was based off of, off of a book. I'm surprised I never talked about this on the podcast, but <laughs> I remember seeing him in that. Um, and apparently he was in X-Men Days of Future Past, which I don't really remember. Uh, but yeah, and then of course, like Martin Donovan, seen him in a ton of stuff. So there's that. That's actually the longest I've ever spent on talking about what I've seen people in, in a while. But I mean, take that as you will. So Archive 81, let's talk about the things that are the reasons why I would even watch this show. We're, we have a cult. You guys know I love me a good cult story. Um, it's always interesting to see uh, like the cult story and kind of where we can go with a cult story. Because like you can have a cult story and just be like your typical cult. You don't like, you know what a cult is. And you're just like, oh, whatever. Like the thing that's coming top of, or front of brain for me is like Riverdale. And they had that season with the um, cult that like her sister was involved in and her mom. And it was just kind of like the more wackier type of a direction you can go with a cult versus like something that may be a little more um, serious or where you can tell like they really took the time to be like, like to flesh out a cult in a way that you would think that a cult would be fleshed out if it was real life. So I'm thinking like, I don't want to say a Scientology is a cult, but like, I mean, I guess it depends on what you think or like any of the other true crime stories that you've heard of where a cult was involved and kind of like the thinking behind the cult leader and like how they pull the um, people in or the followers in and get them to like follow them and essentially just like... <laughs> forget common sense if you will and like follow this one person and follow these specific teachings and usually it ends in like tragedy whereas like people end up dying um that's like the extreme tragic ending that it could be or like you have like people just cutting all ties with family and friends just essentially becoming um drenched in this call another one that comes front of mind is like nexium so like i love when a show takes like that whole cult theme and like literally 100% goes there to the point that you're watching it and you're just like it kind of feels like you're watching like a documentary about a cult and you're just trying to understand like how are these people getting <laughs> involved in this why are they following this like what are the teachings oh my gosh like that's that's like the fuzzy feelings that I love to get when I watch um shows that circle or um revolve around a cult and so I think the interesting thing about this one is that like there's the cult but then there's also like this underlining of I guess you can say horror because that's the way that Netflix kind of tagged it um on their platform they tagged it as being part of the horror genre which I can see why it would be that way and that's initially why I almost did not watch this based on the labeling of horror, but also like it wasn't really because Netflix has started doing this thing where they're not playing the trailers, but they're playing like a scene from the actual like TV show or movie, which 
Netflix, if you're listening, please just play the trailer. <laughs> like seeing a scene from the, unless you know that I've watched the full trailer, like somehow you can tell in your system, which I'm sure you can, that I've watched the full trailer. And then you can show me like pieces from, or scenes from the actual movie or TV show. Show me the trailer. Like I don't want to see a scene because that's not going to help me decide if it's something that I want to watch. I literally, this just happened. <laughs> it was a group of us and we were trying to figure out what to watch. And we're literally going through Netflix. And like some of the ones we're stopping on are like a scene from the movie or show. And we're just like, that didn't help. <laughs> so like Netflix, if you're listening, um, please just show the trailer. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and so we have everything that's happening at Visor. And this is all taking place in 1994 with Melody. Uh, Dan has been tasked from, I don't want to get his name wrong because I literally didn't write everyone's name down, Virgil, to essentially restore these tapes. And of course, there are things that are happening in, in the tapes that are kind of like drawing him into it. One, his father shows up in on one of the tapes. There's like this mystery around what actually happened to these people because these were recovered from a fire. And so as we're like watching these tapes with Dan and the one thing that I said earlier that I wanted to talk about was like, this is kind of one of those movies where, or movies, one of those shows where like the locations are very, very limited and limited in a way where it almost borderlines like one room type of a situation. But then, um, like, if I want to say, like, the first episode is, like, him getting the um, ask from Virgil to do this job. And then once he ends up at the compound, then it's kind of like this one location type of feeling. And then we started kind of get, like, more scenes from him interacting with Mark on the phone. And we kind of see like scenes of where Mark is and that kind of helps break it up from feeling like there's one stagnant type of a feel. But a lot of it was like, it was very limited um, in location wise. And I will say that that kind of added like the whole eeriness of Dan being alone in this compound, like this compound that's essentially surrounded by woods in this <laughs> far out location kind of adds to like the whole like, like, thriller horror type vibes um but I had questions immediately because first of all why does this need to be done at this um one compound like I feel like we he didn't really ask that question you guys know me I'm gonna ask all the questions before you even have me doing anything because that's how you end up <laughs> dead but <laughs> immediately when they pulled to that compound I've been like <laughs> So wait a minute. Like, I don't even think I would have got out the car. I'm like, there, no, there's no way that I'm staying here by myself. There's no internet. There's only this landline. And then you find out that you're being watched via cameras and you're being listened to all your phone calls. Like there's no way. That's why it wouldn't, there wouldn't even be a show if, if it all depended on me because we would not have even been there. <laughs> but then I think the other thing that kind of adds to the horror is, um, Everything to do with the Calego or whoever, whatever this thing's name was. So let's talk about the cult, which was a very, very weird cult. I didn't understand why the chant, 
sounded, at least to me, it was a very sexualized. Okay, you can see it in two. You can see it in two lenses. You can either see the chants that they were doing when um, what's her name? Melody finds them in the basement. You can either say like it was a very sexualized chant, or it was like a ripoff of like a yoga meditative chant, or like some combination of the two. But initially hearing it, I was like, why is this the chant? And like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and if I was someone coming from the outside looking in, I would be like, I don't know about, oh, I don't know about this call. Like, I got questions. Again, I would be there with 101 questions because that's just how I'm set up. <laughs> and so you have that that's going on. The little statue thing is so weird. And I'm just like, I don't know, it creeped me out every time you would see it, which kind of ties into the thing that Dan was seeing on the screen that like tried to come out the screen to um, grab him like towards the end episodes. I was like, this is giving off demonic. <laughs> and I don't know if we're going to be able to finish this series, but we finished. Again, if you are a new, a new listener, I should have probably said this. Genres that I don't really do. I don't do horror. I don't do anything that like tries to like make you scared and like get a reaction from you. Like I just cannot. I don't do it. I also don't do anything that would fall under the category of like demonic. So you can take that for what you want to take it as. But like the way my my um, soul and being is set up, I just cannot do it. And so... <laughs> I always like joke about that um, when talking about uh, Sabrina, not Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but it's the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because that went all the way left. And I was surprised I actually made it through all four seasons, but just a little FYI there um, if you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about. Um, but I will say, because another thing, one of the genres that I do really love is like thriller and mystery and trying to un like put the pieces of the puzzle together before we get to the end. And this was one of those shows where it wasn't really like something you needed to solve or at least that didn't seem like the forefront or like the mission for the viewer to do. Whereas like you have those shows where it's like, this is happening and now the viewer, you're essentially watching to try to figure out what the heck is going on. There is a little bit of that, but it doesn't seem like it's like the forefront thing. It's more so like, there's this call, what is going on? Like essentially you're just watching it to see what happens at the end of the videos that Melody filmed versus like trying to figure out what is going on. But even in saying that, like there were some things that were happening where I kind of like was as, as it was happening, it was like, oh, this is what that is. And then it would happen. So like when Melody's mom reveals that she's Melody's mom, like literally when she shows up in the basement um, where, where Dan and Mark are uh, with like the whole ritual set up and before and they're like why are you there and I'm like oh my gosh it's probably our mom and like it was our mom so it's like one of those things where it's like a a lazy <laughs> reveal if you will at least to me I don't know maybe it's just me but that's kind of how I felt watching it um but and also I think the main thing was like there was also the sense that these people weren't really dead or at least Melody wasn't really dead. Like she was somewhere. We just don't know where. And I don't know if it was also again, just like a kind of a lazy reveal thing or it's just like, because I 
who do watch a lot of like science fiction, time travel, stuff like that, <laughs> that it was just like, oh, that makes sense that that, that she w could still potentially be alive, especially because we're talking about a cult <laughs> and like the supernatural and trying to free some, some demon, like any combination of that, there's a high probability that the person you're looking for that's missing is still alive. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, <laughs> there was that. And so they were, um, you have them trying to find or figure out what happened to Melody, or at least that's Dan's goal. And then you also have them try to like layer in this whole kind of like romantic, not even romantic, but like semi-love story, if you will, because I, I don't want to call it like a full-fledged love story because it definitely was not a full-fledged love story. It was kind of one-sided. Even when it's revealed that um, the communication that Dan was having when he, in his dreams with Melody was actually them really communicating, like, even in that, I don't, I would still call like a one-sided kind of like Fatuation or not even fatuation because I feel like that makes it sound a little stalkery but like it just always seemed one-sided from Dan's end because one was watching it from his POV and we don't really know until it's revealed that Melody is really alive but she's in like this middle world um like we just don't know like what her feelings are or how she feels about Dan even in the communication that we do see between them on screen and like even Mark kind of hints at it like you're kind of like chasing a ghost essentially um that you've kind of become um attached or connected to so you kind of have them trying to weave that in the other person who I do want to talk about because I told you guys we were going to try to be quick <laughs> with this so I can get my thoughts out but you, you you guys know you've listened for a while once I start talking then it's hard to get me to stop but just like Everything that's going on with Jess, like just watching all of Melody's um, videos. And the one thing I will note, because I was reading an article, which, let me pull her name, which I'm probably going to jack up, but it was an article to show the showrunner, Rebecca Sonenshine, which hopefully, I don't know if I got that right, but... <laughs> Hopefully I did. Um, and she was talking about how um, Dina, who plays Melody, like really actually recorded all that footage just because like the type of camera it is, like the weight of the camera, like all of that. It just made, if they could get the actor to film it, then like that would be like the best solution and also probably what look the best um and so she did actually film the footage for that they got for like all the 94 um film footage which was interesting but um the girl who played Jess like <laughs> I was getting frustrated um for Melody like throughout that whole journey of like from the start of her moving into the visor to the very end when like she gets looped into the ritual anyway which they never and we're going to talk about a, a potential season two because they never really talk about like they kind of towards the end when we when we have that flashback um episode which I wrote it down because I was going to forget the year the 1924 episode when we flash back to the Voss family and we actually see like the entire ritual of like what they tried to do and what happened to that like 
and what happened right before that house burned down because everything is turned up everything is tied to a fire so the Voss family fire the visor the visor um building fire and then dan's family whose um house was also put on fire and so like everything's tied to like a fire in some way but um even when we flash back to that and they kind of like explain essentially that um Melody is a witch <laughs> and that's why because Sam makes that whole comment about like oh we need you we couldn't essentially they couldn't kill her if they wanted to because they need her alive essentially and we kind of see like why they need her alive um because they used the blood from the witch even though she was dead um when they used it but I'm not sure how much like they know about the like original origins I don't know who knows um they didn't really get into it so we're not really gonna get into it but <laughs> like even from like her entering the visor all the way up to the, getting to that ritual and everything that was going to adjust I was like oh my gosh are they really trying to make it seem like this lady is crazy and then even like everything that was going on with Dan's dad like him being the psychiatrist and trying to like flush out that story and being like is he good is he bad but then coming to find out he actually is good but then like there's even the whole question of but who burned down the house? And um, was it Virgil? Because it's revealed that Virgil is Sam's brother, which like makes sense. Again, a soft, a, a, a soft reveal. What, what was that? What was I calling it? Soft reveal? A lazy reveal? <laughs> um, it's revealed that he's Sam's brother, and um, he was talking about like either about the two types of people and essentially where Dan's dad probably ended up is that there are like people who want to free Kalego and then there are people which I don't I don't know if I'm saying his name right and then there are people who don't want to free him and um his dad essentially got caught up in the crosshairs of those of the ones who didn't want to free him or something along those lines but anyway um, so back to Jess, like, I was like, are these, like, they essentially were like, I don't even want to use gaslight because I feel like it's being overused now, <laughs> but they literally was out here, like, making her feel like she was crazy, and then Jess' mom just disappeared. They never really, we never really found out where her mom is or what happened to her, but essentially, flash forward, we find out that um, they were able to see what happened in 94 because, which was a callback to... Um, an earlier episode from the 94 footage when we see Jess talk about like the little um, camera that she has which I was like why would they show us this this is going to be important again a lazy reveal because it like literally comes up in the final episode like that earlier episode when we see her go into the storage room open up the door and like show where she hides her camera I was like this is going to be important duh <laughs> and of course it comes back in the end because they find another tape, but they think it's a cassette tape, but no, it's actually like the type of camera that Jess had was used, was like a kid's camera and they it used cassette tapes, something weird like that. Um, so they were able to see because uh, Melody used the camera and then she gave, and then um, she gave it back to Jess and told her like to run or whatever when she freed her from the room and then Jess caught the end of it. And so they were able to see like the light. So when they did the ritual, which is similar to what happened in 24th, the boss family, but um, 
uh, they see in the 94 footage the light happen, but they see Iris Voss like step through and like they see Sam and they see Melody like in that light. And so it's a, a, a couple questions that I have. First of all, where is Iris? <laughs> what happened to her? Is she, did she like get released? And is she out here just living life and no one's just, no one's found her. So I'm assuming that's potentially, I guess we can get into like what could happen in season two. Cause like, that's kind of what I have left to talk about, but is it that she was freed and then she was just out here living life and then is like that's something that's going to come up in um a potential season two because this hasn't been renewed yet um but i wouldn't be surprised if it is renewed because i do think that even though um showrunner said like they're they set up in a way that you can have more seasons but the showrunner even said like they're like the way that they approach this is with multiple seasons um, but there's that question of what happened to her. And then in a potential season two is one of the things that Melody's focused on. Cause there's two things she's probably going to be focused on. One is like, where's Dan? What happened to him? Like, there's just no way that she's not going to be focused on that in some combination with Mark because Mark is devastated because Dan did not come back <laughs> out the light when he went in there. And I was so mad at Dan cause I was just like, you don't know this woman. And you about to risk your life to go into this light to pull her out and potentially get trapped, which you didn't get trapped in the light. You got trapped in 1994, which I don't know which one is worse. But also, where is Sam? Because we saw Sam, like, distract Dan when they were trying to leave. And so Melody was able to get through, but Sam disappeared and Dan ends up in 94. So is Sam a similar situation to Iris where, like, the light happens and we just don't know where they went. So is he in our, which would be our 2022, I'm assuming, timeline or current timeline, we'll just say, because I don't know what year it's going to be, but current timeline. And then is, and like, where is, so where is Iris? Where is Sam? Did Iris get freed in 94 and she's just been chilling out and like no one's been looking, no one went to look for her. And like, now they're going to be like, okay, where's Iris at? Because like, Melody's going to be like, she was not in that world and she's out here living life somewhere and we need to find her. Where is Sam? Did Melody see Sam? I actually can't remember if she saw him when they were um, trying to get out of that like mid world. I'm sure there's a other world. I think it was called the other world um, when they were trying to get out of the other world. Um, I can't remember if she saw him, but like that's the question of where he is. Then there's also the question of like their question is going to be, especially Mark and Melody, like, what happened to Dan? Where is Dan? Is he in the other world? They probably don't even know that you could, like, it's essentially, like, time travel. And he essentially traveled through time to 94, which, like, I know I posed the question of, like, which one is the worst? But it's, like, would I want to end up back in 94? And would I just want to be stuck in the other world? And then hopefully someone would come and save me? Like, that is a real question. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> There is that question as well. And I just think there's just more to, um, like, peel back here. Like, Virgil, he's still alive. Duh. Um, and I know the show, the showrunner said that he was where Sam was approaching, like, this whole cult and everything from, like, more of a wanting to follow and being a believer. Virgil was more so approaching it from a scientific um, POV. So like if Sam is then now back and he's in the same like 
world as his brother, like what does that look like? <laughs> There's also still the question of who burnt down Dan's family's house because they didn't really reveal who that person was, but the showrunner um, said that they do know who did it. So like there are so many questions. Um, I think that's the main things that I wanted to cover. The one thing I will say, which I didn't say in the beginning, like these episodes to me felt so long. This was eight episodes and you guys know me. I love a short season. I prefer, I prefer a short season. I think you can do a season of TV in 10 episodes or less. Anything over that is just like room for having unnecessary like things in the storyline that's not needed. This was eight episodes. And I have to say every episode, especially the first half felt so, so long. That first episode, I literally was sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, is this still the first episode? Like it felt so long and I don't, I don't know why. And I don't know if this, that was the case for anyone else who um, watched this. Like when you were watching it, the episodes feel long to you because they felt long for me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was one question that I have for you guys that I want to know. Also, I want to know what you guys think is going to happen in season two. Do you even want a season two? Let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently building on Instagram and at currently on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcast on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.